Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Susan Messino with us. Susan is an author, a rock and roll historian. She's been on our program a number of times. She appears in the Van Halen DVD, The Early Years, ACDC's DVD, Let There Be Rock. Susan's latest release is a revised and updated edition of The Secrets of the Universal Laws, Past Lives, Ghost Adventures, and more that delves into the synchronicity and manifestations, healing with light, numerology, past lives, and also ghost adventures. She has participated in ghost investigations in numerous locations, including the Green Door Brothel in Deadwood, South Dakota, Gettysburg and the famed Bobby Mackey's Music Hall in Wilder, Kentucky. Several of her books include Famous Wisconsin Musicians, The Story of ACDC, Rock and Roll Fantasy, My Life and Times with ACDC, Van Halen, and Kiss. You've been all over the place, Susan. I have, George. Hello. And welcome back. Thank you. I always love uh, being on your show, so thanks for asking me. Every time I hear that song, American Pie, I think of that tragedy that occurred 61 years ago now where all kinds of things happened. I mean, in, in the synchronicities of who would get on the plane, who would not. What a story. And, and that it contributes. Go ahead. Very, uh, very sad, but very fascinating at the same time. It, it truly is. What is the curse of Buddy Holly? Well, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and they call it a curse, and I'm not sure if that would be the proper word for it, but I believe that because of the loss of the Big Bopper, Richie Valens, and Buddy Holly, three of the biggest uh, music stars in ni- the 1950s. At that time, that's right. Exactly, yeah. Um, losing them like that so suddenly um, imprint the pain, I believe, imprints on to where it happened, to the people it happened to, the families that, you know, had to, to go through that. And it seems to me, with all the research I've done, that so many people that had personal contact with, with Buddy, worked with Buddy, even, you know, uh, came to sing for the band once Buddy was gone, they were all uh, died. They all died very strangely. Car crashes, plane crashes, suicides, um, very sad. And it's hard to, you know, to try to figure out, like, is it a curse or is it a, a repetitive thing because of, you know, the pain that it caused in the first place? I, I'm not sure. Or was it just bad luck? I think it's more than bad luck because, um, as I uh, I found, that all the people that died that night, um, they all had premonitions of their own death. Um, Buddy Holly was even warned by a producer named Joe Meek that uh, he had gone to a um, tarot reading in England the year before, and he called Buddy and told him that this tarot card reader said, February 3rd, Buddy Holly dies. And he called him from England in 1958 and told Buddy this. And Buddy laughed it off because it was past February already. And he said, well, you know, don't have to worry about that. And the very next February 3rd is when he died. Well, and it was all strange where, like, Richie Valens uh, had a coin toss 
and uh, he won the seat. And uh, he didn't want to take the bus, so he got on the plane. Uh, Waylon Jennings, who is now dead, but uh, he was scheduled to be on that little plane. He he got off it, and I think he gave his seat to uh, the big bopper, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, they were sick. I mean, they were on a bus that kept breaking down, and it was bitter cold, you know, Midwestern, uh, you know, Iowa, Wisconsin, all of that. And uh, the big bopper actually had gotten the flu. So Waylon Jennings uh, gave up his seat to the big bopper. In the movie, uh, I believe it's the Buddy Holly story, in the movie they had Richie Valens as having the flu. Was he sick too? I don't think he was sick. I just think they were all like freezing to death. Yeah. It just, it, it was miserable. Well, soon after takeoff, late at night in very poor wintry weather conditions in the Midwest, the pilot lost control of the light aircraft, which was a Beechcraft Bonanza, those of you who know little planes, subsequently crashed into a cornfield. Everyone on board was killed. The pilot was only 21 years old. Exactly. And Buddy was only 22. Um, Richie was 17. And the Big Bopper was 28. And the, uh, the Big Bopper's big song. He was a DJ, and he came up with a song called Chantilly Lace that uh, put him to stardom, right? Yes, yes. He was a very popular DJ, and uh, he did have a couple of hit songs, um, Chantilly Lace and another one that, I like <laughs> Like I said, I have so many notes on, uh, on the band and all the people involved with it, but he was very popular and well-liked, great guy on tour, you know, didn't read anything about him that wasn't good. So he was uh, seemed to be a great guy, and he did have a big hit with that song. Now, what, what was the Buddy Holly curse, Susan? The Buddy Holly curse was, um, I just, like I said, I think it, it's, uh, it imprints somehow. I mean, if the, the curse happened before the plane crash, right? Exactly, yes, yes. They... They all had premonitions of their own deaths. Um, Richie Valens, as you might have seen in the movie La Bamba, he had um, a fear of planes, and he had to go to his grandfather's funeral one day, and the day that he was not at school, a small plane crashed into the actual play Into the playground. Uh, that's right. He kept seeing that vision of it, too. Yes, yeah. So he, was, he did not like to fly at all. And uh, and Buddy and his wife, um, Maria Elena, both had a dream on the same night, which is really, really creepy. Um, she dreamed that uh, she was standing in a field, and she saw this big, you know, fireball out of the sky that just exploded and made a big hole in the ground. And the next day, Buddy woke up and told her, that he dreamed that he was on a plane with himself and his brother and his wife, and they dropped her off on the top of a building and said, we'll be back to get you. Oh, my God. So they all had premonitions. Didn't a band member make a funny joke comment to a Buddy Holly before he took the flight? What did he say? Oh, yes. Um, he said, well, it was Waylon Jennings. And I think Buddy was uh, teasing him because he had lost his seat on the plane. Um, you know, he gave it up to the Big Bopper. Right. And uh, he mentioned, but he said something like, well, I hope your old bus 
breaks down and, and Waylon shot back, well, I hope your old plane crashes. Oh, my God. That must have haunted him for years it after did. that. It did. He never forgave himself for saying it, and uh, it did affect him. It really did. My gosh. Very sad. And why did they take a plane anyway, Susan? Well, they were on this bus that I have looked through their tour, and, you know, I'm from Wisconsin, and uh, they were up in Wisconsin doing several dates. Actually, they were in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the night before they played the surf ballroom, and they were driving in very severe weather all the time, and some of the dates were up to 500 miles apart from each other. And the bus kept breaking down, the heat kept not working, people were getting sick, uh, even after the the crash itself, the the drummer Carl Bunch was hospitalized for frostbite, uh, frostbitten feet from being on the bus. So the bus was not working out well at all. It it turned out to be a very miserable way to travel. There were the performers who were at the event at the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa, and it was freezing. If you're not from the Midwest. Those winters on those flat plains are very, very cold. So I can imagine those people were just, you know, really freezing, especially with the bus condition that it was in. Oh, I know. And, and the, the heat itself kept breaking down. So, they, you know, the bus would break down and the heat would go off. And, and it was a mess, you know, and Big Bopper was sick. And, and uh, they were tired, too. I mean, they were almost playing every other day or almost every day. It just... As I said, some were up to 300 miles apart from each other and 500 miles apart. So it was very grueling. And what I also found out, too, is that um, if Buddy would have been being paid properly for what he had already accomplished, he wouldn't have needed to go on that tour. Well, that's a good point, uh, because he was uh, a superstar at that time, wasn't he? Yes, he was. But he wasn't the making the kind of superstar money he should have. Exactly, and that there's a lot of speculation that his manager was not as honest as he should have been, and his new uh, wife, he just got married six months before this, his new wife, um, Maria Elena, was two, about two weeks pregnant when he went on the, the plane that night, and she blamed herself. He wouldn't let her come along because she had just started getting morning sickness, and she kept saying in a lot of interviews that I found that if she would have been there with him, they never would have got on a plane. And she ended up having a miscarriage because of all the stress after the plane crash. Exactly. And, and right after, they call it, called it psychological trauma. And she lost the baby right after the accident happened. Suzanne, who was Eddie Cochran? Okay, Eddie... Um, like, <laughs> I'm looking through my notes here. Um, Eddie Cochran was a guy, uh, a musician, who was supposed to be on that tour. So he kind of, you know, in a way, I think he felt guilty that, that he wasn't there. Was he a singer star by himself, or was he yes, in a group? Yeah. Okay. Yep, he was a, a you know, singer, performer, and um, I'm looking up here on... Uh, well, I know what happened to him, but uh, he w- he felt really guilty about not being on the flight or not being there for Buddy. And the the following year, in April of 1960, Eddie Cochran 
his girlfriend, who was a songwriter, Sharon Sheely, and she had written um, Poor Little Fool for Ricky Nelson and, you know, written a lot of hit songs. And they were with Gene Vincent, another um, rock and roll star back in the 50s. They were on their way to um, London's Heathrow Airport to return to California. And uh, on the way to the airport, their um, car suffered a blown tire. It put the car into a just a, a spin out of control, oh, smashed into a light pole, and Eddie Cochran was thrown from the car and killed instantly. Jeez. And what? that was just a little over a year after Buddy died. I mean, and this was happening to people over and over again. Strange, oh, yeah. strange connections with the people. Um, the, there was uh, some was somebody committed suicide too. They, he was so depressed about all this. Who was that? Yes. Well, there there are a few. The first, um, what I did was I kind of put it into a chronological order because there's so many people involved in this. So that happened in April um, 17th, 1960 is when Eddie Cochran died. And then in October of 1962, Waylon took over singing for a while after Buddy was killed. And of course, they kept the Winter Dance Party tour going because, you know, you got to make money. Um, and they hired a singer called, uh, his name was Ronnie Smith, and he replaced Buddy. He, he continued the remainder of the tour, and he, in, what was it, uh, 1962, he was committed to a state hospital in Texas for drug abuse and hung himself at the age of 24. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is almost like the curse of the 27 Club. You've heard of that one. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's a long story there too. <laughs> it's amazing how all this, you know, comes together. And, you know, um, I, I actually, I wanted to find out who Buddy Holly's uh, influences were because he was, you know, one of the first rock and roll pioneers and he actually loved uh, Hank Williams senior, which makes sense because um, Hank, you know, uh, rocked out in his own way. And uh, that was one of the people that Buddy Holly loved to listen to. Wasn't there a, a, another plane crash in 1963? Yes. The next, the next thing that would happen is um, Cowboy Copas, who was a Nashville star, he had done a 14-day tour with Buddy Holly, Hank Thompson, um, and George Jones. He was actually returning from a benefit for the widow of Cactus Jack Call, a local disc jockey who had died in a crash. He was riding in a single propeller Piper Comanche with fellow musicians Hackshaw Hawkins and Patsy Cline. Pilot, uh, the pilot Randy Hughes lost vi- visibility and went down about 70 miles north of Nashville. Is that the plane crash that killed Patsy Cline? Oh, my gosh. That was uh, March 5th, 1963. What does that tell you about these little planes, Susan? No. (laughs) I don't like them. (laughs) I I really recommend no one to fly in them unless they're just doing something very safe. But, again, we see even this horrific uh, accident that involved Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Oh, tragic. Seven other people. So sad. Um, They should never have taken off that day because of the weather. They should never have been given clearance. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and the same thing with Buddy Holly. It was bad weather. 
Um, the pilot was only trained in sight flying and not with his not instruments. instruments. He wasn't That's that. Right. Uh, and we're talking sixty-one-year-old technology, which wasn't that sophisticated. Exactly. Yes. What so, happened? Uh, what happened in '64 with the original crickets? Okay, um, the original crickets were. That was part uh, of Buddy's group, right? Yeah, yeah. The the original ones: Jerry Allison, Joe B. Maudlin, and Sonny Curtis. And they continued as a group and brought in 17-year-old David Box to replace Buddy Holly. Now, Box was born in Texas and joined the Crickets in 1960. He did a couple of recordings with them that didn't go over well. Uh, kind, You know, it's hard to replace Buddy Holly, let's put it that way. And on October 23rd of 1964... David Box hired a Cessna Skyhawk 172 to fly to a show in Harris County, Texas. He and his drummer and his guitar player left right after the show, and shortly after takeoff, the Cessna nosedived into the ground, killing all three passengers. Oh, my God. Now, these are people who just had some kind of uh, relationship with Buddy Holly or something. It just seems like everybody who had some his their lives touched by Buddy Holly, something tragic happened to them. Pretty much, yes. Yes. Um, even doing all this research, <laughs> I haven't played his music because it, I'm kind of creeped out. Because um, when I started doing this research, he definitely is popping up. Um, I'm having, you know, all week long I had people uh, sending me text messages and stuff saying, I just heard something about the Buddy Holly curse, and I was thinking I thought of you. Jeez. <laughs> and tonight, actually, I'm in Savannah, Georgia, and I was out, and I had said a prayer to the gentlemen that lost their lives, and I said, it's a shame down here that we never hear any of your music. And right after I thought that, um, this car dealership in Savannah, which is illegally using this, but they did a commercial to the melody of La Bamba. It's everywhere. That came on the radio. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.